the Congregation of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, welcomes you to this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub. Today, we will be continuing a sermon by Pastor Greg Scalzo that is part of his series on Heavenly Authority. The focus is on the gifts of prophecy and tongues in the church, and when we left off, Pastor had read from 1 Corinthians 14.15, where Paul concludes that he will pray and sing both with the Spirit and with the understanding. Pastor Greg went on to amplify this point, reading from Mark chapter 12. Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first commandment of all. The first commandment of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. All your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Your whole being, your whole spiritual being, your whole physical being, your intellect, your emotion, your inner core, everything about you is to love the Lord your God, overflowing with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And it gets me amazed sometimes how believers can categorize themselves. You know, some will say, or maybe they don't say it out loud, but they think it, I'm a head person. I'm a person into the knowledge of the scriptures. You know, there's those emotional people over there, but I'm a head person. And there are others who are spiritual people. Don't tell me too much about the details of the scriptures. I'm a spiritual person. I feel the Lord. I remember, you know, we've had a long history in this church. And many years back, we started the church. We had like two groups back to back that came in. And one group didn't want worship to stop. Right? Remember that? They didn't want worship to stop. We started to preach a sermon You were doing something wrong because we were spiritual people. We needed to feel the spirit all the time. And then it was followed by another group where we don't like that stuff, all that singing stuff. We just want to get into the word. We want the meat of the word. Let's get through those songs and get right into the word. You know, I'm a word person. I'm a spirit person. What does God want? Does he want you to be yielded to the Holy Spirit and gifted and lifted up in your spirits to heavenly realms? I can't hear you. Yes, Yes, right? Okay. Does he want you to be a good steward, rightly dividing the word of truth, ready to give an answer in season and out of season? Yes, okay. Does he want part of you or all of you? All of us. Does he want you to receive part of what he has for you or all of what he has for you? Are there some things you can do and handle in Christ Jesus and other things he has for you that you'll never be capable of? No, because the scripture says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Then we have to yield our minds, yield our spirits, 
Train our minds, train our spirits. Let us stop being as children and grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Paul tells them in verse 15, what is the conclusion then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will also sing with the understanding. Now, in the assembly at Corinth, they're just with the spiritual things, which is good, but they don't have much place for the understanding, which is bad, because how is anyone going to grow? And if you bring people into the church, how will they ever hear the gospel of Jesus Christ? And so he says in verse 16, otherwise, if you bless with the Spirit, if you're just blessing with the Spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed, who occupies the place of the uninformed, say, Amen? He who finds himself among those who are blessed in the Spirit and does not understand. He doesn't understand the tongue. He or she doesn't understand the groaning. How can they say amen at the giving, at your giving of thanks, since he does not understand what you say? You know, we see here different things and just pull them together about the gift of tongues, right? You can bless with the Spirit. You give thanks with the Spirit, right? And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. But again, he's speaking about what about the assembly? Tongues, blessing, giving thanks, worship, pray, sing in tongues, right? We talked about communicating with God, speaking to God, speaking mysteries, building up, edifying oneself. All that's involved in the gift of tongues, communication with the Spirit, blessings, magnifying God, thanksgiving, prayer, petition, speaking mysteries, the power that you have available to build up your inner self, singing in the Spirit, that's all involved in the gift of tongues. You pull it out as you read more and more sections. If you bless in the Spirit, if you give thanks, here he says, at your giving of thanks, you're praising God. The Spirit of God has gifted you. You're praising God. You're giving thanks to God in the Spirit. But that person next to you doesn't understand what's being said. And then how can he say that important phrase, what is it? Amen, right? And we study that word over and over again, amen. May it be so. Thus it shall be, so be it. And remember, we talked about the power available when the church has one mind, the mind of Christ, and we agree on something and we all say, Amen. There is power in the heavenly realms when we can agree. But how can we agree if we don't understand? We can agree on principle that, well, this is from the Lord, so whatever's being said, I agree with, but it's not the same type of faith that you have when you understand what you're praying for and you can stand in faith on that request. How can you say amen if you don't understand? Verse 17, for you indeed give thanks well. You are giving thanks. There's no doubt about it. He's not saying you're demonic if you give thanks in tongues. You're delusional. You're an unsophisticated believer. He's not saying that. All those arguments given by church leaders years ago against Pentecostal churches. Paul's not saying any of that. He says, for you indeed give thanks well. Your spirit is thanking God, but the other is not what? Edified. There's the word again. 
It's a legitimate, valuable gift of the Holy Spirit, this gift of tongues. But in the assembly, the other, not understanding the tongue, is not built up. And when you talk about this, it really overflows to a lot of the different aspects of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You notice how something can be God's will. You indeed are giving thanks well. Your spirit is thanking God. And that's the will of God, right? And many times we can have the will of God, but not go about it God's way. It is the will of God that we speak in tongues. It is the will of God that we give thanks with our spirits. When our minds don't know what to pray, it is the will of God that we have this wonderful, powerful gift. But it's the will of God not being done in God's way. A legitimate gift, but not the time. A legitimate gift, but not the place that God wants it to be done. He wants some type of order in the church that people get saved and that believers can learn and grow in the knowledge of the Lord. Now, if you have private worship groups, you start to go more back into what? An individual situation. And then it's like being in that upper room where people are praying and speaking in tongues, right? Um, that's a different story. But you have to have at some point the formal gathering of the church. And it should be on the Sabbath, the day of the Lord. And there needs to be time of instruction and information. And included in that is prophecy of somebody speaking a prophecy and giving direction to the church. But it's understandable. Everyone can understand it. So God's will, God's way. Verse 18, Paul says what? He says, I thank my God. I speak with tongues more than you all. Very, very clear. So if any minister tries to take this section to say, well, how tongues are not important, and they, they shouldn't, you shouldn't seek that gift, and they you know, pull one or two scriptures out to say, well, prophecy is greater than tongues, and don't even go after that. What does Paul say here? I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. He's thankful. He's thankful that he has the gift of tongues, and he tells them the fact that he speaks with tongues more than all of them. And he must have had some developed prayer language. Remember we talked about the utterance, getting words like a baby, learning words to speak for that utterance, that groaning deep inside of us? Paul, to make this statement, must have had some prayer language or maybe many prayer languages. If you've got the gift of tongues, many times you'll start to pray in a tongue most of us have one tongue, very familiar to you, but sometimes some situation comes along and all of a sudden you'll go into a different sounding tongue. You know it's a different language. It's a totally different language. Well, Paul had this gift developed. He spoke in tongues more than all of them. So this is not a treatise against speaking in tongues. Verse 19, yet, what? Yet, in the church... In the assembly, in the gathering of believers, I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. Why? The time and the place. That's the only thing that's changed. The time and the place. Yet, even though I speak in tongues more than any of you, he says, yet in the church, five words with understanding 
It's greater, it's better than 10,000 words in a tongue that I may teach, instruct others, edify, encourage, comfort, and now we have the word teach. That word there, teach, had a cleo, to sound down into the ear, to give doctrine. We get the word catechize from, catechize, words of instruction, catechism, to instruct, it means, to inform, to teach. How will we be informed? How will we be instructed? How will we be taught if there are just 10,000 words of tongues? Inside, we're, we're getting built up. Our spirit's getting strong. But we need answers. And we're doing things in heavenly realms. We're accomplishing something in the tongue. But we praise God with our spirit, and we also need to praise God with our minds. We have to understand, because if you go up to someone and start speaking in tongues in the supermarket, unless you happen to be directed, and that person knows that language, you know, you start to speak in a language, say, from Asia, and that person is of that exact dialect, they're not going to know what you're speaking about. To catechize, to instruct, to inform, to teach, that I may teach others. Five words can teach more than 10,000 words of tongues. Verse 20, brethren, he says, do not be children in understanding. However, in malice, in malice be babes, but in understanding be mature. Very important scripture. It has more implications than just this dialogue on tongues. Visit us on the Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle YouTube channel. The Sunday message is live streamed at 10.30 a.m. You will find a link at shiarjashub.org.